Hello and welcome to week 16 of the NFL season. Last week in week 15, we saw James Cook look like Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey looked like this year's MVP. Joe Flacco looked like a former Super Bowl MVP. And Baker Mayfield, with the perfect passer rating in Lambeau, looks like the NFC South MVP. Thank you for spending your Wednesday night with us. Each week, we broadcast live on NoFilter.net and Caffeine TV. Tonight, we got a very special guest. We're going to get into Week 16, pick some winners. We're going to talk about the MVP of the league. I know we still got three weeks left, but we got some horses in the race. We're going to talk about a gentleman's guide to live sports on Christmas and much, much more. I'm Kay Wynn, Big Ben. He's in Topeka, Kansas with no internet and no availability to get on this podcast. So in his place, off of IR and activated just like Aaron Rodgers, yours truly, Bo Brock. Bo, thanks for joining Hey, Wynn, it's great to join you. I'm a little upset that Big Ben's not here, but if he's off the grid, that's fine. Hopefully he's not just up there like on a typewriter getting his manifesto out and just kind of weird things like that. He just needed to get off the grid and, and recharge for the holidays or what? So his wife's family is from Topeka, Kansas, and uh, they rotate holidays just like every other married couple. And we've tried this twice. And one time we tried it, he had to drive 20 miles to a Starbucks and he was in his car. The next year, he just couldn't get on the internet. So we said, hey, we're gonna give him the week off, hang out with the family, don't worry about the pod. And uh, you got his back this week. That's right. I don't want anybody kind of making lattes in the background for, for this big show. It deserves more attention than that. By the way, the uh, how, how prestigious is the NFC South MVP that you just anointed Baker Mayfield, the worst division in all of NFL, I mean, I don't know what that, I don't know if you want that crown. I mean, Heisman, NFC South MVP. I mean, it's kind of on par right there with those accolades. (laughs) Once was back in the days of Matty Ice, even as early as uh, with Tom Brady holding it down for two years. But uh, man, has has that division fallen off a cliff? And uh, Arthur Smith continues to be a menace to all fantasy football owners and and those who bet on the Atlanta Falcons props and just betting on them in general. Each week, I'm like, this is the week Robinson breaks out. This is the week, but no. And each week, I'm like, do I have to see Desmond Ritter again? Uh, Well, you don't. The good news (laughs) is you don't. Uh, At least uh, the wind blew a certain direction, and Taylor Heineke's back in there for the Falcons. And if if Arthur Smith didn't put, like, the final nail in your fantasy football coffin with him giving uh, B. John Robinson, what was it, eight carries last week? Yeah. uh, He'll do it this week. He'll make sure to get the job done. He will. Now, we got three weeks left. I want to talk a little bit about MVP. We can forecast out. Who do you think will win MVP this year? Who do I think is going to win is different than who I believe should win. I Give me both him. of them. Yeah, talk to me. Him. I just watched him play this weekend against the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, they made life easy on him, and so did his offensive line, and so did his playmakers. I think Brock Purdy is trending towards becoming the most valuable player of the 23-24 season, but I think it's his running back. I think Christian McCaffrey deserves it. He's doing otherworldly things. Just the, the season that he's had from start to finish to this point, stayed healthy, and he's just made life easier on Brock Purdy. I think you take Brock Purdy out of that lineup, I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Darnold could do. And obviously what 
the quarterbacks last year couldn't do. Like, I, I'm not going to discount that. But what Christian McCaffrey does to make his life easy and just how that makes that offense go and is taking it to the next level, uh, I think he deserves some hardware for that. Christian's a superstar, and I definitely think he'll get consideration. But I agree with you. I don't think he's going to win. It's a quarterback-driven league. It's a quarterback-driven award. And I think Purdy's going to get it. So everyone knows I live in L.A. I'm from the Bay. So I'm a little biased when it comes to Purdy. And I'm tired of, like, all these people calling him a system quarterback. Like, listen, I don't think he's a system quarterback. I don't think he's elite. I think he's somewhere in between. But I think you got to recognize how special this year has been. And the MVP comes down to stats. It's numbers, it's numbers, it's numbers. It's yeah. He's first in the league in yards per pass attempt. He's first in the league in touchdowns. He's first in the league in QBR. He's second in yards. It's a numbers game. And yeah. based on the numbers in the system, he's doing stuff that's different than what Jimmy G has done or like sure. Elvis Gerback or Steve Bono, yeah. you know. And so that's why I think Purdy deserves the vote. And I also implore everyone to just watch him. Don't just watch yeah. the highlights. Like he is a very good quarterback. Is he elite? We will see in time. Yeah, he's, he's certainly his accuracy, I think, deserves a lot of praise. And then his ability to make off schedule plays like I think that gets overlooked. You think, oh, just game manager system quarterback. But the ability at the level that he plays to make those off schedule plays like there was a play on third down against the Cardinals where he found George Kittle and he put just enough yeah. touch and you know, over the top of a defender that, you know, Sam Darnold would have probably tried to throw through or, you know, another quarterback, you know, Trey Lance would have launched it out of the stadium and Brock Purdy had, you know, the, the poise and, and the, the arm talent to, to put it right there on Kittle's on his arm. And, and he pulled it down for a big game that uh, put him right in position to score within the next couple of plays. It's a great system. It's great skill players, but he is putting the ball in these tight windows and it's the efficiency and the accuracy that I think many fans overlook. And in fact, I'm up in the Bay area this week. I might actually go and see Brock and take him to DMV so we can change his name from Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. MVP Purdy. <laughs> That's going to be a monumentous day for him. Uh, his family might shut down the, their hot tub sale, uh, <laughs> out here in Gilbert, Arizona, and, and go out and, and witness that event happen. They should. Now, another event is happening in the South. We talked a little bit about it in the beginner, Baker Mayfield. And so I want to talk a little bit about Baker because I have four tiers for quarterbacks. I have elite. I have low-key elite, which is tier two. I've got good, which is tier three. And then there's everyone else that's tier four. Where does Baker fit in this year? What was tier four again? It was just Every, uh, everyone else. That's everyone. like your backups and bottom of the barrel starting quarterbacks. I think he's just. Do you want me to give you some names? No, they play for the Jets. They play. Yeah, he's he's above those guys, no doubt about it. But if I feel like anytime you put any expectations on him, and you're like, oh, he just threw for four touchdowns. Can I trust him? And then he'll prove you. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and have like a no touchdown, one pick, two pick performance and throw, you know, make a backbreaking play for, for his actual team. I, I still don't trust him. Like you should be encouraged. Like I, I think he's resurrected his career, no doubt about it yeah. and shown that he can start games. And there's, you know, there's levels to that, just like you have with the tier system. Right. But 
Baker, like as far as a trustworthy, like no doubt about it, franchise quarterback. No, he's still not sniffing that. But it, can he go out there and make some plays? Sure. And uh, I, I think he's obviously just a step above those like quintessential backups. Um, you know, trying to think of you know now guys like Dobbs and uh, who's Browning for Cincinnati. Yeah, Browning. The, the, that kind of tier that those guys have put themselves into. You're not. You're never going to give them the, the keys to the car, but if they have to fill in, they can. They can get you a win. Yeah, I think this year, the last couple weeks, he's played at like my tier two, low-key elite. Like what he's doing on third downs, what he's doing down the field, what he's doing with play calling. But with that being said, you're not going to give him the franchise right now. You're either going to let him start on a team where you're trying to develop a quarterback or you're waiting for a draft pick, or he's Mm going to be a high-level backup. But beyond that, I think he is what he is at this point. Doesn't he create kind of a headache though? Like when you go into the off season and it reminds me kind of of the, the jets a couple of years ago with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, who just played out of his mind and he took this team to heights it didn't expect. And then, you know, they pay him and then he kind of turns back into a pumpkin. And I think that that's the fear there and they should be looking for, you know, the future quarterback at some point soon. Uh, just Baker. He's, he's also surrounded by a lot of talent. They're like, Mike Evans, he just cashed in another thousand yard receiving. What was his tenth in a row? Chris yeah. Godwin is playing out of con- out of control, and then Rashard White has emerged as one of the most productive backs in the league. So that helps out significantly. But the trouble I think most NFL franchises have is you bring in someone like Fitzmagic or Baker, and I don't think they'll go on record and say this, but I don't think they expect them to start. Right? I think they expected yeah. Kyle Trask to step up and start you know, to uh, in that situation. But like, if these other quarterbacks can't compete, can't execute, like Baker and Fitzmagic can get out there and they could win a starting job. And we've seen yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, we even saw on display last year where he makes his way from Carolina to LA in a matter of what, 36 hours. And he plays in a game and like his ability to kind of operate an offense just on the fly. Like it's, it's impressive. Like that, that deserves some credit. But then once you kind of like, okay, you need to make a throw late in the fourth quarter and you got pressure down your neck. Like, is he the guy that you're going to trust or is he going to throw that backbreaking pick? I'd probably think the latter more so about Baker Mayfield, but like we saw this quarterback room in preseason and it's like Baker and Kyle Trask. And I think John Walford at the time, and they were just airmailing throws and like, this is going to be a team vying for Caleb Williams and they should. Uh, And man, he's taken them light years from that. Yes, he has. So we have the Christmas holidays coming up. Um, I'm driving up to the Bay Area. What are you guys, what's the family doing for uh, Christmas and holidays? Well, the wife, uh, she's from a town called Yuma, Arizona. It's on the west side of the state. We like to, in Phoenix, we say you're halfway to San Diego. Going to stay with the in-laws. Big. I got my son. He's coming in two. It's a great year to just see him open presents with his cousins. So it's, it's going to be a blast. We're headed to Yuma, Arizona for a couple of days for the, for the Christmas. All right, so we've got eight games this year. Like, Roger Goodell is smiling. He loves it when Christmas is either on Sunday or Monday because he gets to get in on that TV money and steal some of the audience from the NBA. So we have five NBA games and three NFL games. That's eight live sports. So we want to give you a quick gentleman's guide to Mm -hmm. live sports because you don't want to if you're married, if you have a significant other, if you have kids. You don't want to be the guy who's sitting on the couch with a beer in his hands yeah. and his shoe off 
not mingling with the family because that could end up in disaster, not access to the kid, and maybe no longer married. Yeah, with it being the fantasy semifinals for most of everyone, it, there's going to be a lot decided on this, and this is tough. I actually think that these are going to be three competitive games. I wouldn't have said that a couple of weeks ago with the uh, interim coach in, in Vegas, but, man, they're playing a lot better. And then the Giants from Tommy Cutlets and the way that the Phillies fallen off, like that should be a competitive game. And then I love the finale, right? You've got Lamar Jackson yeah. versus San Francisco 49ers, two of the best teams at each conference. I mean, the NFL slate is loaded. The NBA, Adam Silver, he should probably like file for, uh, I don't know, just like try to keep these guys away. It's just get, get the NFL off TV on Christmas. That used to be his, that used to be his, uh, where he used to call home. Oh yeah, Definitely. And we've got the Knicks. We won't talk too much basketball, but I love starting the day off, 9 a.m. You know, I'm in the room. My parents are kind of getting ready. My wife's doing whatever, and I'll sneak in a little TV and watch the Knicks. There's nothing like drunk Santa in Madison Square Garden every year. That's tradition. I don't like the Knicks, but I like waking up to seeing that on Christmas. And they're playing the Bucks with Dame and Giannis, so. If Dame or Giannis goes for 60, they better not steal the game ball this time. I don't know why I feel like, is this like a Julius Randle day? It reminds me of some Grandma Ma, maybe some John Starks, like some throwback games, but exactly what you're saying. Just toss on the TV, half paying attention, but you're seeing some star power that they always have there in the garden. Yeah, I typically start watching early, like the early games, then I get with the family and then like, once people are taking naps or I have a dog, I got the AirPods in. So you've got to mix and match. Please, please don't watch all eight games if you're listening. You know, pick and choose. I'll probably watch the Knicks games, the Warriors games, take a break, and then close it out with the Ravens Niners. Yeah, I, you know, somebody here in the backyard of the Suns, I think you can maybe sleep at the 8 o'clock Eastern game between the Arizona or the Phoenix Suns uh in in their opponent the dallas mavericks it, the suns have just been such a disappointment and i don't expect there's been a lot of injuries so yeah for sure but even when we've seen him like it's it, bradley beal is not going to be the cure-all for the issues that they have and, and like it's exactly the roster they put together a lot of star power but then vet minimum guys and man are they they struggle to kind of find the fluidity with the, with the team that they've built yeah it's I'm even surprised they were able to get some of the pieces that they got, like yep. Nurk and Eric Gordon. I thought it was going to be me and Big Ben filling in <laughs> on the I'll back end. That minimum, absolutely. <laughs> Sign me up tomorrow. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, KD book. It's like on and off, and then Beal has just been exact as advertised, and that's poor advertising with the injuries, the back, and then he comes back at second game and he rolls his ankle. Yeah. Just brutal. Um, but man, do they have issues just especially in the fourth quarter. And it's just deflating to the fan base to watch a team you know, turn the ball over as much. They don't really have a true point guard. That's not a shock to a lot of people that they're they're you know up there in turnovers and then they have to play hero ball. And it's it's tough when you know you got you gotta log so many minutes between book and KD. What I'm so excited about this NBA season, uh, it's not my warriors struggling and hopefully <laughs> will make the play-in game. It's the the leveling up of some teams in some cities that like usually never have a shot are yeah. so-and-so of small market, but you've got the Timberwolves and OKC 
at the top battling it out with Denver. And that's great seeing these young superstars like Anthony Edwards. And you're seeing Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, and what they can potentially do as like the future of the league. He's unreal what he's been able to do for Andy, putting them in the the play-in tournament, which I think proved its value right there and introducing, uh, you know, not an, I mean, for the casuals, uh, probably a a little unknown. He's not up there with the Giannis's and the LeBron's and the KD's and the books, but like now people know who Tyrese Halliburton is and the show that he can put on and putting up points, setting up his, his teammates. It's unbelievable. I think I saw a betting line where his assists were like 13. That's insane. That's an insane betting line prop for, for assists by a guy, but he can reach it. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I heard too that like Minnesota, the T Wolves, they have a banner in their arena because this is how futile this organization's been. That just because they won the division one, like they've got a division winning banner. It's like you go to a Lakers game and they got banner after banner, and you know you could buy into the controversy of them raising one for the play-in tournament, but horrible and winning a division. That's it, and that's where it stops. It's one lone just flailing in the wind banner for for the T Wolves. I don't like any banners except championship banners. I got to turn my fan off here. It's blasting my face. But if you're a city like Minnesota, I guess you got to put it up because that yeah. might be the only one you get unless they can somehow figure out a way to keep Edwards and build around yeah. him. He's, 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 he's surprised me how good he's been in his first couple of seasons. He's the real deal. Doesn't he seem like it? I mean, just his competitiveness. I think that's stuff that you couldn't see when on display in his lone season at Georgia. It's like, okay, he's putting up points. He's talented, but you didn't know he was as competitive as he is and that he was going to come and, and kind of take the NBA by storm in his first three to four seasons. I knew he was a great athlete. I didn't realize how much of a shooter and a scorer he is. Like coming out, you don't really get to see him. And you're like, how can he play if there's NBA players with equal athletic ability stopping him or trying to guard him but like pick your poison he's a great shooter he can score he's got some midi to his game and he'll go and bang on you too right can we get rid of cat though and and, uh go bear can we get this guy supporting cast though and and how you do it like you mentioned like can you keep him in in the twin cities or is he gonna have to go do it elsewhere I, i hope he's got a little Giannis in him and he wants to do it there where it's never been done before that would be great what also would be great is if you get more than eight out of ten in this week's NFL Pick'em Week 16, the leader has gotten eight out of ten. So again, quick reminder: money line, no points, straight money line. You just pick winners, and I'm feeling good. You pick a good winner. We've got this Lombardi Light Trophy. I say light because obviously it's not the real <laughs> Lombardi Trophy. We get it off of Amazon, but it will yeah. have your name engraved in it. And we will come to see you either in Yuma, Scottsdale, Maryland, or Spokane, and we'll celebrate with you and raise that banner. That's a banner we're going to have behind you on the microwave. Come oh man, I'll take it to the grave. It's unbelievable. If I can, it, that's as prestigious as the NFC South MVP right there, taking home Big Ben and K wins Lombardi for the Pickham Challenge for the 2023 season. All right, well, let's get in it. We're going to start Thursday night. We've got the New Orleans Saints. Another great team in the NFC South playing the Rams. Who do you like? The Rams are on fire right now, they, and they're finding themselves under McVay. And I, I should eat some crow as far as the things I said about this team, this roster. But, man, has he absolutely elevated 
uh, what the lack of talent that they have there. And, and you know, they're, they've got 13 rookies on their roster. It's unbelievable what he's doing, what he did with Puka Nakua. And Matthew Stafford is surprising me as well. And Kyron Williams, they're just going to run him into the ground. because uh, that And they'll probably draft somebody this spring. But I really like what they're doing. And, of course, Aaron Donald anchors the defense. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Rams here. I don't think it's anywhere close. I think that's a safe bet right there. Yeah, you're right. The Rams are seven and seven when they run the ball well, they win. They want to run the ball so much, they don't even care how much Kyron Williams fumbles. <laughs> I've got him in fantasy. He fumbled twice. I'm like, no, they're going to stop. But they kept feeding him the ball. And I could eat some crow too because I did not think the Rams would be this good and have a shot at making the playoffs. They're coming into this week seven and seven. Ben Seahawks are also seven and seven. So my next question is, is yeah. Who is a legitimate playoff contender and who is a fraud if you look at the Rams and the Seahawks? Man, that's tough. Um, I, I think that the Seahawks overall, I think that they're a step ahead, just a notch ahead in their rebuild. And both of them, a, a tip of the cap to the coaching that was done by Carroll and, and McVay. But I think just talent-wise, they probably, outside of the quarterback position, I think that they, they might be there, you know, Jigba Smith showed his value, right? The first round pick out of Ohio State with the dramatic touchdown. And then I think defensively, they do a lot of things. Like they're, they're solid in the linebacking core. I think they're a little bit more stout up front than people give them credit for. And then the corners, uh, I mean, you got to love what you've seen from their fifth overall pick, uh, Witherspoon. So I, I think Seattle just gets the slight edge. I just, I, I, you know, but, you know, you those teams line up 10 times. And that thing's going to, they might split five. Yeah. Well, uh, the the rub here is the Rams have the tiebreaker. So yeah. the Seahawks have to win out and hopefully my Niners in week 18 take care of business. But Shanahan might rest his starters by then and yeah. they might sleep in. So I'm going to disagree <laughs> with you a little bit there. I think okay. the Rams are slightly better. They own the tiebreak. I think the Seahawks are fooling themselves because Gino is not the Gino of last year. I think he's come back down to earth. I think see, people have seen tape on him. I think he's regressed a little. So I'm going with the Seahawks there. Or, I'm sorry. I, I liked what I saw from him, though, before he got injured. It, I mean, in an encouraging moral victory against Dallas where they lost, I, I yeah. thought that he looked a lot better because I thought they were dead before that game. I thought they were not coming back. And I looked at the schedule and I showed it to Big Ben. I'm like, this is five straight losses. And he, and he like would not even talk. He just like didn't know what to say. But they did look great times. in that Dallas game. It was tough times for our guy in the Seahawks, the 12s out there. All right, moving on to the next game. It's a Saturday game. We have Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Hey, Pittsburgh, uh, let's roll with the hottest backup in the league, Jake Browning. I have no confidence in Pittsburgh, who, whoever's at quarterback. I think this week it's Mason Rudolph, who they, uh, they, they, just, they found in the training room. I think he was scrubbing the floors there, and they said, hey, can you, can you line it back up for us? Because he takes over for Trubisky, and, and Pickett's still dealing with his ankle issue. I, I saw the Cardinals play them a couple weeks ago, and you would have never guessed who the two-win team was. And then the next week, another two-win team dominates them. They're in a rough spot. Like the, the run of Mike Tomlin is incredible. A tip of the cap to him for that. But they're going to finish under 500 and they're going to lose again this week. Yeah. So Cincinnati is eight and six. Here's what we know about them DJ Reader out for the season. Jamar Chase, separated shoulder, out for this game. They have zero wins in division. And this is a division game in Pittsburgh. But 
The Steelers can't figure it out on offense, no matter who the offensive coordinator is. They're on their mm -hmm. third starting quarterback. I don't know how many reps Mason Rudolph is getting from the training room. So I'm with you on this. I like the Bengals and Jake Browning. Yeah, it, and Browning is operating that offense pretty impressively. And I think T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd could potentially be enough. Yeah, and for all those who think Brock Purdy is a system quarterback, is Joe Burrow? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not, but I like to have a little fun on this pod. Yeah, for sure. All right, next game, we've got the Bills at the Chargers. I mean, do we even have to pick this game? Yeah, I mean, let's uh, read the last rights to the for Los Angeles Chargers. They're just they're trying to make their pitches for Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick for, to be their next head coach and then severely just – under under negotiate what they deserve and and then botch that but yeah easton stick is easton stick back at quarterback for yeah. these guys you're not gonna get me to take the north dakota state product as winning a football game yeah that chargers loses one easy yeah keenan allen may or may not play heavy james cook heavy josh allen if you're doing fantasy football i like what joe brady's done he, they're not so one-dimensional where Josh is going to throw the ball or Josh is going to run the ball. They're using James Cook, a lot like Christian McCaffrey, and I think he's going to have a big game. So I'm with you on that with the Bills. Opposite ends of the NFL spectrum at this this time of the season. The Bills trending as high, highly as possible, and the Chargers the, the opposite. Yeah, they can't wait for the season to get over, cut some players, get under cap, and hire a new coach. They have a lot to do in the offseason. Right. All right, moving on. We've got the Lions in Minnesota playing the Vikings. Tough one, uh, but with the quarterback position being what it is for Minnesota, uh, Mullins did some, th you know, a couple things, but you couldn't finish it off against the Browns or the Bengals a, couple, a week ago. Um, and you know, what, Jared Goff in that offense, man, they were just rolling on Saturday night. Five touchdowns. He was just unbelievable. Jameer Gibbs getting it going on the ground and the defense playing really well. I think it's all Lions in this game. Yeah, the Lions have been a little inconsistent since Thanksgiving when they lost For their sure. pack. But luckily, so have the Vikings. Like the Vikings have lost three out of their last four games. And their one win was that dynamic, explosive three-nothing win against Las <laughs> Vegas. So I don't know if the Vikings can do a whole lot. They've got great playmakers. Jefferson's back. They got Addison, but I don't know if they can get them the ball and they can keep up with the Lions because the Lions can run the ball. They can throw the ball. They got Sam Laporta. They got play action. They just look great on the offensive side of the ball, especially when they're playing the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, they're just, even with Hawkinson, like endless amounts of weapons, but those poor guys, like is Mullins really going to get him the ball? Uh, I'm pretty skeptical about it. I am as well. Now we have former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco going to Texas, playing the Texans. This would have been interesting if Deshaun Watson was still playing and healthy, <laughs> going to play against C.J. Stroud, who on this point in time on Wednesday, we don't know if he's going to clear concussion protocol. So it might be Flacco versus Case Keenum. And that's what makes this the toughest thing <laughs> about this uh and i gotta just put my money on what i think is gonna happen it just doesn't feel like cj stroud is gonna make it out of concussion protocol which is strange yeah. uh and they had an emotional win last week right they they come from behind they beat the titans who are wearing their old uniforms that's disrespectful and you thought it was gonna be all tennessee and case keenum leads them to a victory in overtime it's unbelievable so 
but I think without Stroud, I'm going to give the edge to the Browns, Flacco, in that defense. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you and a Cardinals fan way too much tonight, but I'm going to agree with you again here. I mean, Stroud, it doesn't look like he's going to play. I don't think he's practiced yeah. yet. Tank Dell is obviously out. Nico Collins is hurt. Will Anderson is hurt. And Flacco has looked good. And you know who's come alive? David Njoko looks like yeah. Tony Gonzalez in his prime, the way that he's catching these balls and running. And if he gets added to the mix with Cooper and their running game and their defense, the Browns look like a sneaky good playoff team that might be able to not only get in, but win one round in the playoffs. Yeah, you know what's wild is that team's identity was like run, run, run. And then Chubb's injury happens. And, you know, the, the injuries to the quarterback. But then they become like this this passing attack with Joe Flacco. He's throwing like 40 <laughs> times a game. I know. It's insane, but it's working for them. Just play D and let Joe Flacco go rip it out there. It's wild. I can't. I mean, that's one of those things like this is this is the weirdest season ever. Talk about Mason Rudolph coming out of the training table like Flacco was either on the golf course or on the couch or like yeah. mowing his lawn back somewhere in Dover, like New England, if Dover, Dover, Delaware, Delaware, He's that's Delaware. Right. former blue hen, right? Former blue hen legend. Guys, he, he signed this historic deal with the Ravens after they won the Super Bowl. And there was the whole, is he elite? And he goes to McDonald's to celebrate. So he's, he's an odd dude, but it's, it's kind of cool to see him just pick up, you know, off the couch, like you said, and just come out, sling it, and be successful. Now, will Keno or Drew Locke be successful in Tennessee? We got the Hawks playing the Titans. I believe Gino practiced today. So mm -hmm. it looks like Gino is on pace to start to see if he can keep Seattle's playoff dreams alive. Yeah, and, and Will Levis is out of this game. So is it Tannehill that's going to be starting for Tennessee? Yeah. Uh, I'm probably edge to the to Seattle. They've got more to play for. Titans just five wins. And offensively, they just they stagnant against Houston last week. And I just don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be the spark. Unless he can like if he can channel his inner Flacco. I don't think uh they're gonna get much from from Tannehill in that passing attack. And what the hell happened to King Henry? It was unbelievable. Was it 20 carries for 10 yards? Yeah. That's he's that's talking just, about retirement. I would. I mean, they almost retired him that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope Gito can channel his inner Drew Locke. The Seahawks <laughs> came back after being completely like outplayed, outgained, outschemed, and they didn't give up, which was impressive. And DK, I always wonder. Like, what kind of player is he? Is he just the guy who's just going to go down the field and do a jump ball? But it looks like he's running some other routes on the route tree. He's coming more efficient with his routes, made some good plays. I think he carries that forward. I think Tyler Lockett steps up. I got the Hawks winning here to keep their playoffs alive. I, I, I agree with you on DK. I think he's taken his game uh, to the next level. You've seen him, seen him run different routes and be successful in doing it. Uh, you know, real quiet game the other night, but for the most part, he's he really has emerged a really talented group as, as their wide receiver one. Yeah, and they've got some great young talent. So if they can figure out how to shore up their offensive line, their defense has been a little spotty. Um, I'm not sure if Pete Carroll's the guy to lead them for, forward in this new wave of the NFL, but I also don't think they're going to get rid of them. Yeah, he's what I mean, I'll give him credit. I think what he's done the last two seasons has been unbelievable. 
I love the the victory speech that he gave. Like, can you win a game in the first quarter? Can you win a game in the second quarter? And all you know, yelling back, no. He's like, can you win a game in the fourth quarter? And they just the the whole locker room just is electric, and they're like, hell yeah! And the place just goes crazy. So, you know, as obnoxious as the the gum chewing is on the sidelines, uh, a little credit to him. I think that he's he's done a really good work with this rebuild. He's done a great job. All right. Now, Will, your Cardinals, who are traveling to <laughs> Chicago, do a great job at Soldier Field. Man, this is a tough game to kind of handicap. Um, you know, the Bears are starting to play a little better around Justin are. Fields. I think you can make your, the case the last six games, they, they should be 6-0. and I mean, they're a possession away from winning each and every one of those games. Still, you know, I don't think we've seen Justin Fields – really tap into his potential still struggling to throw the football, but this, this could be a get right game for him and the Cardinals. Their, their wide receiver core is completely depleted. I doubt Hollywood Brown goes in this game. And even if he did, he has just been on the side of a milk carton for Kyler Murray. Trey McBride's the guy. Uh, can the Cardinals offense, which has been pretty quiet you know, the last couple of weeks, can they get it going against a bears D that's really, really trending. Uh, Montez Sweat is a monster. What, six sacks since coming to Chicago? Um, it, it's going to be tough to go on the road and do it what they did in Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. Again, I'm just a little skeptical that they that they pulled off uh, against the Bears. So you're going Bears here? Yeah, I'm going to go Bears. I, I think they sneak it out. I don't think they're going to like be really impressive and, and everybody say, oh, Justin Fields is the guy after this one. Uh, but I think they get the win. Yeah, the Bears have a great run defense, and the Cards were running the ball a lot against the Niners, who were missing yeah. Kinlaw and Armstead. I don't think they're going to have that same success on the ground and in the air. It's really Trey McBride. So that's it. I would love for the Cardinals to win, but I think the Bears will will win this one. Yeah, I, I you know, and now it's like the Cardinals are in Marvin Harrison Jr. striking distance, right? Yeah. If they're going to move forward with with uh, with Kyler Murray. And you got no wide receivers. You got three guys under contract beyond this season. I think that uh, you might do yourself some good by not winning another football game because it gets a little murky. It's like you win four games. You're right there with Washington and Washington hurdles them in the draft order. And uh, now you're looking at like a tackle instead of a you know a generational type wide receiver out of Columbus whose dad played in at a Hall of Fame level. I mean, that will get him back in a hurry, scoring points, teaming him up with McBride and yeah. Tyler. I think, uh, I hope they get him. That would be Sell fantastic. some jerseys too, that's for sure. They don't have any star power on this roster. That would help big time. All right, now in one of the games of the week, we got the Cowboys going to Miami playing the Dolphins. This is a tough one. It is tough. Man, that's a, that's a really rock-solid game. And the Dolphins injury report was a little concerning today, but it's, and it's also like, are both of these teams frauds? They can't, they can't both win the, the fraud of the year award in one night, especially when they're pitted. They're in different the divisions. They both can't be frauds. <laughs> but who's, who's gonna, who's gonna keep on the ruse uh, this weekend, man. I, I just, I mean, Dallas got absolutely just obliterated last week by Buffalo. Can, can Miami win a game? Where they should, I think I'll give the edge to the fence. I I I was I was in the camp, hey, when of Dak being the MVP a couple of weeks ago, and now I've completely gotten off that. Yeah, well, you're right. It's it's the tale of two teams. Like the narrative around the Cowboys is is they can't 
beat elite teams on the road. They lost to San Francisco in San Francisco. They lost to Philly in Philly. They lost to Buffalo in Buffalo. Then you've got the Dolphins. Like hey, they can Dolphins beat everyone else. One win that you missed there. You missed one win or that the opposing team had. You talk about the elites. How about the three one Arizona Cardinals? And the cards. My bad. There's four elite teams that the Cowboys can't win. Oh yes. man. And then the Dolphins lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Eagles, lost to the Bills. So like something's or someone's yeah. gotta be wrong here. And yeah, I saw last week the way to neutralize Micah Parsons is you got to run the ball up the middle and you got to run the ball. And I think with Tyreek a little banged up, yeah, they do want to get him 2000 yards. I think Mike McDaniel is going to scheme up a lot of runs with HN and Mozart. And I think the dolphins here, I do believe the Cowboys are a fraud. I think they're a good team, but they're not going to go to the next level. It's not their year. It's just like every other year, they're just a little bit better and have a little bit better record, but they're still going to disappoint come mid-January. Yeah, I think that's a great point about their ability to just wear you out with the run game on Shane and Mostart. I mean, that's going to be a heavy dose of that on uh, this weekend. On Christmas Day, we've got the Raiders going to Kansas City. So uh, I believe it might be the first Christmas that the Kelsey family and the Swift family spend together. Interesting. What's going to be under that tree for Taylor this year? Anything? I don't know. A little box? That might be a little too soon in the relationship, but uh, it's a Hallmark movie. No doubt about it. Next, next holiday season. Uh, I can't wait for it. Swift and and Kelsey. Um, But man, the the game is way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I'll give the edge just because I have a hard time picking the Raiders over the Chiefs. I, th- I yeah. think the Chiefs, some, I don't even know if they get back on track, but I think they grit this one out and Patrick Mahomes gets a dub. Yeah, the Chiefs wide receivers are dropping passes at alarming rate. They're leading the league. Their running backs are hurt. Mahomes is still Mahomes, and the Raiders are still the Raiders. I love what Antonio Pierce is trying to do, but I just don't think that they have the skill players or the identity, like Jacobs, I don't know if he's going to play. I don't think O'Connell is going to be able to put up 63 points against the Chiefs defense like they did against the Chargers. So give me the Chiefs on this one, too. Yeah, Chiefs playing for something where the Chargers just, they just lay down. Yeah. Now we've got the final game, game of the week. We need a winner, and we need total points. We've got the Ravens coming to San Francisco. And I can give you what the line is on the total points as well. Okay. I just need a couple uh, time as as you start to talk about yeah, the game. I'll I mean, Lamar Jackson and crew, they struggled a little bit against Jacksonville, which has me a little hesitant. And what I've seen from San Francisco last couple of weeks, you mentioned the injuries to the defensive line. But, man, offensively, they are at full strength, man. And they are tough to stop. Like, can you score enough to keep up? with this Niners offense, Purdy slinging it, McCaffrey finding rush lanes all over the place, offensive line just moving people. I mean, McCaffrey's getting three, four yards deep before like any defender sniffs him. And then you got the the wide receiver, like Debo healthy, George Kittle healthy, and they are just, they're so dangerous offensively. So if they're not even at full strength defensively, uh, I think I think this is going to be all Niners on Monday night, unfortunately. And, and that's, you know, I don't think it's like a preview of what's going to come in February with the Super Bowl, but 
uh, I think on Monday night, the Niners are just poised to, to win handily at home. I do like what the Ravens are doing. I think they're a great team. They're a gritty team. They've kind of changed their offense. Lamar is passing a little bit more than he used to. He's still on pace for a thousand yards, mm-hmm. but I just don't think they can keep up with the Niners. There was a stat on Debo. He's got 20 touches and seven touchdowns in his last three games. And like, he's often not even mentioned because we're talking about Purdy and McCaffrey, uh, but they've just got so many weapons. They've got Kittle as well. Jennings is good. I think the Niners win here. And I do think this is just like another cap in the feather of the person who wins the MVP, Purdy or McCaffrey. You're going McCaffrey, I'm going Purdy, but the Niners do need to win this on Sunday night because if for some reason reason the Ravens win, all of a sudden, remember how like we're talking Dak, Dak disappeared. All of a sudden we're talking about Lamar here, like a primetime win against the Niners, who's everyone's Super Bowl favorite. Lamar could get back into that MVP race. I I like that. I I mean, I I don't know if it's going to happen, but you're right. It could torpedo those Niners, you know, momentum and then catapult guy like Lamar. You know, the only thing I don't think that they can do, especially with, you know, the injury to running back was it Mitchell that went out with an ACL injury in the depth. They didn't have any depth behind Gus Edwards. And they got Justice Hill, like our Edwards and Hill. And then, of course, supplemented by Lamar Jackson going against, you know, a really rock solid run defense. They're going to be able to generate enough on the ground. Uh, I know that the Cardinals went for 230 against this Niners defense, but they should be a little bit closer to full strength. Uh, I, I think if they can handle the run game, they should handle the game. Yeah, I think the Niners, knowing what they know now, of how teams are trying to beat them with Kinlaw and Armstead out. I don't know their availability. They're going to change something in their run game, especially with Lamar coming in and they're knowing that the Ravens are going to want to run the ball. I think it's going to be a great Christmas and it's going to be capped off with a 49er win. All right. Now points. So the over under right now is 45 and a half. So you just have to pick the total points in the event that yeah. you do get eight out of 10 and there's a tiebreaker. We don't want to yeah. flip a coin. We want to go to the points. I think we go over that pretty significantly. Uh, I think I'll, I'll say 51. 51. Yeah. I love I imagine, it. You know, it's, it's tough to slow down the Niners and, and then Lamar. They're not going to go away. And they'll put up some garbage time points if they need to. I think that they eclipse. Uh, the total right now that's out there on the betting streets and then some. Okay. Now let's go back and review the picks. I didn't have my receptionist big Ben on this show. So I was doing double duty. (laughs) So I want to make sure I got them all right. So we have the Rams, the Bengals, the bills, the lions, the Browns, the Seahawks, the bears, the dolphins, the chiefs, the Niners and 51 points. Is that right? I don't even think we're going to need the points. Those sound like all big fat winners to me. 10 out of 10. I can't wait to celebrate in Yuma. <laughs> oh, it's going to be an unbelievable night. You know, once, once we put the finishing touches on it and, you know, McCaffrey runs up the score a little bit, I, I'm going to be popping champagne knowing that I went 10 for 10 on this big show. I love it. Now, before we let you go, you want to tell our listeners where they can find your content, listen to you and follow you. Sure. Yeah, we're talking uh, Cardinals football, PHNX Cardinals on PHNX Sports every day. 
getting out there, practices, press conferences. We're merging, you know, the fan experience with the, you know, coverage experience. And uh, we're previewing not only who they're facing each and every week, but, you know, more of a, a bigger picture outlook on this team that just has three wins on the season, looking at all the draft capital cap space that they could spend uh, this off season. So we're talking about it all day. If you're ever interested, stop by PHNX Sports on YouTube. Check it out. That's where I go when I want to find out the latest on the Cardinals and the Suns, who's injured, who's playing well, who they're like in the draft. Bo, it's a pleasure having you on like usual. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Tell Big Ben what's up for me when he gets back on the grid. I will. And so my wife and I come out to Phoenix from time to time. She's got some relatives out there. We'll look you up. Let's do it. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. We're live every week. Nofilter.net, Caffeine TV. You can also follow us at Big Ben. Kwin underscore at Big Ben Kwin underscore like us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, iHeart. We're everywhere. Have a good night. Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks, Bo. Thanks, man.